We're back. Oh, I've got, oh yeah. Let me find that article. Keep going, everyone. Ignore me. <laughs> I know it's easy to We're do. all fat and sassy now because we just eat a lot of a charcuterie board. It's not a charcuterie. <laughs> charcuterie. Charcuterie. <laughs> Amber snorting. I'm saying charcuterie. 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 So cute. You're so cute. Shoot, it's charcuterie. Listen, I'm from a rural town in Maine. Okay? That's no excuse. That's true. No excuse. (laughs) That's right. Uh, Now I'm too like, I don't even know. I've got that like happy tummy, so I'm like, I don't want to deep deep dive into all this hard stuff again, but we have to because I think it's important. I think I'll start with fin- reading the list. Mm. You guys can stop me if. Um, so last week we we started talking about um, mental disorder, behavioral disorders. What do no, you call personality. it? Personality. personality, personality disorders? disorders. Yeah, personality disorders. All of the above. Good try. Good try. I know. (laughs) Me smart. (laughs) Um, And again, it's a lot of the the reasons why. It's like, why would we even want to talk about this? But Mm -hmm. Amber and I have had a lot of experiences. And I can't speak to mine personally because it's too close to home and uh, people would know and all the things. It's like, I have to keep it pretty vague. But there has been a lot of trauma and uh, in several directions and so I just think it's really important one of the things that I learned from experience of watching lives be wrecked by humans who didn't have their Mm. behavioral personality disorders in check Mm. uh, is that they were either unaware of it or in denial Mm-hmm. for many 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 years and the people with the personality disorders or the people around them or both uh both yeah but i meant the people that are around them yeah so the the survivors the survivors were in denial yeah yeah that yeah. my person has a problem yes yeah yeah because in one circumstance well both really all but you know like the family members will start to be like uh, kind of how we do in a situation that goes like, I'm crazy. Am I crazy or does that seem unkind? Or am I crazy or does that seem unreasonable? Or am I crazy or did that just happen? Like, what was that? That's not okay. I just started, just touched on a list of awareness and six stages of healing from the book that I really love, Healing from Hidden Abuse, which I highly recommend. I will link it and a few other things from shan in our notes and i think having like good supportive resources is really important for next steps for people like to shout stuff like this out on a show and then not give anybody any resources at all is unkind unkind but always finding just another friend someone on the outside to look in if like you if you get to the end of these two episodes and you're like i feel like this might be talking to me trying to find somebody to ask an opinion because like a lot of times we can't see clearly what is going on in our own lives Mm. um we have to have someone look in from the outside and they can see it clear they're like oh girl that's not okay 
Um, I've said that to so many friends over the years, over the last two decades, where it's like, it's really hard to press into people and it's hard to be the one that's being pressed into when someone says like, I see this happening and it's not okay. Like you're being treated unkindly. That's not loving or you are enabling this person to continue to Mm -hmm. treat you this way by not standing up for yourself or saying no or saying yes or if you're dealing with someone who is on the narcissistic spectrum especially on the darker side whatever it is they're asking you to do like you're gonna want to do the opposite in order to stick up for yourself like if they're asking you to do something that's inappropriate you need to say no that is unreasonable and if it's really hard it is so so Mm -hmm. hard it is really really and a lot of times the what I've seen is that the person will choose the peaceful route, which in the name of peace or the name of grace or the name of like grace in the Christian community, it'll be like grace. And I'll be like, eh, I don't think that yeah, word means what you but think it means. I, right. I don't think that means what you think it means. Yeah. And in this case, it's enabling that person to continue <clears throat> to treat you in an unkind way or an unreasonable way for you as a human and so if that's the case finding someone else to be like hey when this happens to me is this normal or is this healthy is this something that I should allow to continue Mm -hmm. and if your friend who's on the outside looking in is like no then receive that and then you know take steps towards how okay now what now how do I and counseling is helpful Mm having a good solid friend come in and say okay let's you know reading books is helpful and getting your feet underneath you i think and and it's such a it's a it's a long laborious process yes it's not a quick fix it's not a band-aid it's Mm -hmm. not like humans whether good or bad you can't just flick them into the woods which is what i usually try to do and it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) i just want to be like i'm done and moving on and you can't do that that's just not the way humans are and uh you know shannon said in our last episode that one of the things that people struggling with personality disorders need the most is empathy and kindness which i will be the first to say is very hard for me i tend Mm -hmm. to write off anyone who now as someone who's like sort of in defense mode I guess. And Amber, I think you and I are in a similar mm-hmm. place where we're like, uh, no, I don't receive that and goodbye. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that might be what some people have to do. Yeah. Right? Well, it <laughs> is what we had to do in several cases. But I, I, different stages. I will admit that anyone <laughs> who now falls under my radar of toxic humans because you're so tend, attuned to it now. Yeah, yeah, you get you do get more attuned to it. You get more like, uh, okay, I see that there's a flag on the field, and <laughs> I'm gonna go this way, <laughs> away from you. Yeah. Oh, because I don't want that. Mm. I don't want that kind of business in my life. I don't want to deal with that. I do not have time for that. Mm. But there's, I think that there's a middle. There's somewhere in the middle where it's like, and Amber, you said this. Uh, on our one of our last episodes where you're like, what's toxic to you may not mm. be that toxic, that level of toxic mm. to someone else. And right. so you have to yeah. be a little bit objective. Again, there's, there, there is a serious scale 
Mm-hmm. There's there's mm-hmm. the dangerous toxic people, and then get away, get away from them as quickly as possible. And then there's other people where it's like, Ugh, you right. are a difficult human in my life, but I love you, and this is how what we're gonna have to do in order to coexist. Right, and there's Absolutely. also different levels yeah. of relationship. Mm-hmm. Like there's very That's different, like exactly. yep. um, a coworker, right, versus your mother, yeah. Yeah. versus a acquaintance at church. Mm-hmm. versus your sister. Right. Um, yeah. Someone that you have a class with at, in your school and, you know, your cousin. You know, like, mm-hmm. so there's different levels of relationship and each of those have to be handled differently. Yeah. It's I very, do think very that difficult to we con- as humans yeah. just need to understand how to, what are the signs of a narcissist what are the ways to heal from that and how do we handle them? Like those are just practical things that we can kind of have in our toolbox so when we meet someone, we know how to how to deal with that. And yes, I think I'm way more attuned. You, Rach, are pretty in tune. I'm sure Shannon like can smell them. She's like, oh, that smells like a narcissist. <laughs> and you then, but then you can make a conscious choice because depending on the level. Like mm. I think... I thought I could handle someone I worked with. I couldn't. And that was really apparent in some stuff that I went through. Like I couldn't, like that wasn't a healthy place for me mm-hmm. because I'm just really fragile around unhealthy people. So mm-hmm. while I'm healing, I just have to round my horses. You know, mm-hmm. like my mm-hmm. circles have to be really small, except for a podcast that I tell everybody about everything. But like right. my personal circles. Uh, the irony here is that we I talk know. to everyone. But like my personal <laughs> circles that know yeah. even that, you guys know most things, but that I feel safe with, that that has to tighten up until mm-hmm. I'm in the in a better space mm-hmm. and until I'm healed and have the bandwidth and the emotional fortitude and the tools to deal with it. But I think everybody should have in their toolbox what are toxic traits you see, how do you heal from them if you recognize that those have been in your life, and how do you handle these people mm-hmm. in the daily? To review, yes, uh, people with narcissist, narcissistic personality disorder, hard to say, um, they lack empathy, they're overly focused on self, and constantly need everybody around them's admiration because they are wounded, they are empty, they'll never be filled. Mm-hmm. They're unfillable. Unfillable And in tank. my experience, yeah. maybe this falls into one of those things, they're control freaks. Like, absolutely. Well, they have to control yeah. the narrative. OCD yeah. control Control freaks. your kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and it's an impairment in their, themselves, and an impairment in their functioning, their interpersonal functioning with others, just like with every other personality disorder. And then there are certain traits that tend to go along with it. Sing it, Shannon. <laughs> and I got to pick up my notes again. Um, so like antagonistic, I always want to be in a fight with you. Um, grandiosity, I'm entitled to this and this and this. I'm self-centered. I firmly hold to the belief that I'm better than everybody. the rest of you, everybody else. I'm attention seeking. It's always mm-hmm. all about me. Mm-hmm. So, and so then now, now we know. Now I that's know the that thing that's happening, and then, and wow, that's my boss, mm-hmm. or that's my sister, that's, that's my, my mom. Now, 
Yeah, what would what you, do I do? Yeah, what do oh, I do? I have yeah. a good, I just texted it for you to put oh, on Amber. the notes. That's what I just airdropped to you. Oh, okay. I've got some really good ones. So this my sister sent me. We were in the midst of the hot and heavy with my mom. And so this is seven signs of a narcissistic mother and how to cope. So mm. the signs for just mothering mm. and Rach can, these will make you giggle because, you know, she doesn't respect your boundaries. She lacks empathy or seems to turn empathy on and off. Mm. She seemingly competes with you. She gaslights you. We'll talk about that later. She only treats you well in public. She Mm. often presents as the victim. She takes advantage of others. So, just so you know, I got a seven on seven on that one. (laughs) So, this is how you cope. This is how this article says you can cope. Educate yourself on what narcissism is. So that, um, you know, it's, it's, com- it's confusing. So educate yourself on this so you can help understand the behavior and be objective. Stop blaming yourself, you know, that, and that mm. is really hard, especially if you're on the other end of the narcissist because since the narrative has to be that they deserve to be worshipped, if it's not going their way, it is always your fault. So mm-hmm. you have to learn mm-hmm. to turn that off. Mm-hmm. implement boundaries firmly mm-hmm. this is the one practice gray rocking mm. um, many people embrace the gray rock method to avoid narcissistic abuse the method can be effective if you have to maintain some connection with the person um, but you want arguments and you want to limit arguments or heightened emotions ah, got it. the gray rock method basically refers to disengaging from the other person you make a conscious effort to act uninterested bored or unresponsive I do that all the time so you don't you are a master you don't, you gray don't feed rock. into um, it right exactly. oh i gotta yeah. go i just i just peace out I, I act very busy i'm like george costanza i'm like if you look busy and a little bit upset everyone assumes you're busy <laughs> So that's yeah. one. Yeah. That's it. So you are a master gray rocker. I am. That's what I'm doing this that whole time. Is. Huh? Yeah, that's what you've been doing. Yeah. Find support. I've heard this term before. Me neither. Uh, stop yes, trying to support. change her or the person. For me, it's a her. Consider no contact or be like me. Implement no contact mm. to the. But so. You know, so again, it's showing you that there's levels you can try. But if gray rocking doesn't work, which I did. Like I was trained by my therapist, not the one I'm seeing now, but my other one to reflect. So she don't be all these. So when my mother would say something that I could tell she was trying to get a reaction out of me or, you know, I have a great example. She once said to me, my friend was going through a separation and divorce. And so she said to me, oh, so now are you going to get divorced? And, and I said, why are you asking me that? And she's like, well, you know, you're just such a follower. And all you do is do what all your friends do. So if your friends are now getting divorced, are you going to now get divorced? And so my new thing, my, so my therapist taught me Mm. to reflect. So I said, mom, do you think I should get divorced? And her response was very like what, the goal was was to that was supposed to be great rocking. Well, my mm-hmm. mom was really good at taking those opportunities and then running with them. And so then she went on to tell me how I should never divorce Peter because no one would ever love me and I had too much baggage. And and then she had a black rock ready to beat your gray rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that's why. Mm. But I tried all those things. You know, we had really strong boundaries with her. She wasn't allowed to babysit my children. She wasn't allowed to like, you know, we wouldn't go certain places. 
after that situation that happened at her camp, we never stayed the night at her camp again. Like we mm-hmm. tried, but those things kept going and the mm-hmm. gaslighting continued mm-hmm. and all the different things kept happening mm-hmm. to the point in which mm-hmm. we as a family just made a decision that mm-hmm. if this was not worth the relationship. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. we cut off all contact. Don't Couldn't you find do it anymore? Right. Yeah. Don't you find that it kind of does that? Uh, sometimes it takes decades. Sometimes it takes years. Sometimes it, years, I would say at least. I've never known, be, just because of the nature of a relationship, uh, with that, especially if you fall in love or if you're born into it or if you're, it's it's your a lot of your life and then you spend a huge part of your life being like, what the actual? And then that became comes stronger and stronger. You set up the boundaries. You start you know, trying to deflect, you start making everything clear, but then finally, Mm -hmm. if it really is a darkness, that's just like, they haven't changed at all. Mm -hmm. And you are trying so hard to progress Mm -hmm. and like, have a life, right? That that's when you're like, um, a healthy person, I would say, finally has to say enough. This is enough. Sometimes it's you, trickier though, Rach, because like mm. if it's a spouse and you have children with them, there's sometimes that you that you're forced into like if mm. your husband or wife is a narcissist, you by law may still need to have their your children still need to have contact. So for your children to have contact, mm. you have Same to have that, yeah. healthy some sort of like healthy yeah. contact until they're of an age where they can make that decision themselves. Mm. Cause it's actually more detrimental to tell your children, your father's a crazy person or, you, you know, it, mm. it, that actually is the, the, like they have to find and discover that in their own path. So you just kind of have to be, it's so tricky and hard. It is tricky and hard. But yes, I do think there becomes a time, like my sister was able to hang on with my mom a lot longer than me. My sister's way, way better at gray rocking than I am because she just could, she could, I don't know, that's her superpower. She could just (laughs) let things go that my mother or uncle or all the craziness in my family, she could do Mm. it so better. Like, and it didn't, it doesn't seem to affect her. It affects her. I love you, Michelle. It affects you. But it didn't seem like she was able to segment her brain in a different way than I could. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I, she could have had that same conversation about divorce about her spouse and she would walk away and be like, my mother is a flipping idiot. And these are the 16 reasons why. And almost like find it j- jovial where for mm-hmm. me – it crushed me that mm-hmm. my mother would say these things about me. Yeah. And I, I, but that's, we, we received her trauma. That's that toxicity thing that we were talking about. Like mm-hmm. my sister could handle her toxicity a little bit longer because their toxic relationship is so much different than me and my mom's toxic relationship. And that's okay. And that's what's yeah. real. And it's, a, it's, yes. a, it's definitely a situation where you shouldn't compare. Nope. Like, Yes, like Kurt's way better at handling difficult people in general than me. Yeah. I go Miss Piggy, I feel violated, <laughs> and I'm done with you. And that's yeah. the end of the story. I can literally write you out of my life. Goodbye. Yep. Whereas he is a peace-loving, peaceful person. He is very gracious, 
to a fault, I think. <laughs> I love you. He does listen. I just, I, I, I'm, a, I do admit that I am, I'm not a justice seeker because I just kind of have given up, but I do wish for, I'm a justice mm. wisher. Yeah. And so mm. that will eat me up. Mm-hmm. It'll just sort of live in me and eat me up. But for sure, because of my own past traumas, and it's interesting, you and I are both firstborns. Yes, mm. I do think our birth order matters. So you probably absorb, and a bit I more think of that it. we absorb. We did. Yeah, we absorb yeah, a lot. There were siblings that were littler than us that we protect, yes, that we, we felt ownership of. Not ownership. That's not the, the right word. Just we felt I think, mothering instinct. I think that's our. Yeah. I think yeah. ownership is the right word. Mm-hmm. I mean, I felt yeah. it's my sister, Responsible it's my for, little brother. Yes, you know all the things, and so I think that there's there's a hitting our hearts that happens that is harder, that that does go deeper, that like does rip deeper wounds. And sure. so different, different layers different, of wound because yeah. of the role that you took in your family. Right. Yeah. And so we, you know, again, to validate how I, a lot of times I invalidate a lot of my feelings <clears throat> when I, especially if I don't even like what I'm seeing where I'm just like, I am such a horrid human, you know, and I'll just be like, it's just this, it's this, the juxtaposition of, yes, I'm super sinful, but I've also been hurt. And mm-hmm. where is that? just thank god that he just wipes everything clean because aren't our lives just like this big jumbled messy muddy wriggling thing that's like it's so hard because we're sinful we receive hurt and that makes us angry and sad Mm -hmm. we can sometimes become more sinful because of it but it's because we were hurt so it's like this horrible circle that Mm -hmm. eats itself of Mm -hmm. and that's why you know, that Bible verse, and like you were saying, Shannon, on the other episode where it's mm-hmm. like a lot of this is systemic. It goes – it's in our genealogy. Mm-hmm. It's sins being passed down from generation. from generation Generations. to generation. Mm-hmm. And that, that comes through in anxiety. It comes through in stress. It comes through in depression. It comes through in anger. It comes through in fears and all of these things. And, and then these personality traits, which become – so hard for us to live with when it's manifesting with someone that's in our life space because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that if that's like that's put on you sometimes we choose our person and then we're like whoops that was the wrong person that I mean that's a, a very hard car- mm-hmm. a very hard situation and I've seen that play out in multiple times in my family within and so it's it's really really hard when it's like you you chose this person and it's really difficult and in some cases, they got out. In other cases, they didn't. So educating yourself. Mm-hmm. Understanding. Mm-hmm. I do. And like I, I often say like it, we've done a lot, whole bunch of podcasts on forgiveness. And that's where education is helpful. Like I – and that forgiveness is a vertical transaction. You know, so you can – you can mm-hmm. – uh, and my, my pastor just did a really great sermon on it today. And what he said was forgiveness is – giving up their right to get someone back. So like mm. Ugh, uh, so hard yeah. letting, adds, letting God have justice. Yep. Like you were talking no. about that sense of justice. That's his image in us. Yeah. yeah. And yep. so that's yeah. the you know, so even though I don't have a relationship with my mother, I think I've forgiven like I understand because I'm educated, I understand that she does have some things going on in her life. I understand how those things developed. I can have compassion for 
person, mm-hmm. yep. but not allow the person to have an influence on my life. Those are two separate things. Forgiveness mm-hmm. and reconciliation and restoration are not the same thing. Forgiveness both is... Both things can happen and both things can, can be true. true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you can forgive someone and still and not, not see them. <laughs> and still never see them again. Yeah. And that is sometimes the right choice. He yeah. said he said it by be you can be 100%. forgiving but not be foolish. So yes. it, me forgiving my mother yeah. and having her be in my life would be foolish. Yeah. Why invite that craziness back in? It, it, yeah. You can't do it. It's it's just it's it's life wrecking. Right. It's heart wrecking. So educating yourself. So yeah. that will give you the compassion that that Shannon says is important to when have. When you educate yourself. Yes. When you educate yourself. Yeah. And so you know you're not crazy. And that you're not crazy. It does. It is very, it was Mm. very fascinating. This, that's, I think, been the most fascinating Mm. thing with my journey after my grandmother's death. Stop blaming yourself. Mm. That's the second key way of coping. Implementing boundaries. Mm -hmm. Gray rocking. That, that. That you're an expert at, Rachel. I didn't even know it. Apparently, I have a whole handbag of gray rocks. Name for what you do. Um, Find support. Mm -hmm. Truth tellers. People who will tell you truth. Yep. Stop trying to change the person. Mm, Only God can do that. It's a losing battle. (laughs) And consider no contact. Which mm. and like and that is the hard that is the hard part. It's a very mm. huge commitment to do it, and but I it has worked for me. And sometimes they keep trying to come back in, and you oh. you gotta say no. I'm sorry, and because they're drawn to your good health, <laughs> your emotional health, <laughs> whether they know true. it or not. <laughs> You're well, right. I mean, I think for for some narcissists, <laughs> and I don't know Shannon. You have I don't know how many you have on your caseload. But for 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 my situation, that the, when you speak of the need to be the hero, the superwoman, the superman, if you like, this is a really hard narrative from from my mom to get around, and so I think that's why she's so. Well, not anymore. I I've, I think I kind of killed that, but for in the beginning when I first started setting up boundaries for her with her and I first started no contact she was trying to come in and dive in because that doesn't meet her narrative and you're right Right. the story that she's telling herself right and so she needs that narrative that if I only knew if I knew the truth of how amazing she was I would be be proud of her Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. yes inside Mm -hmm. I do believe the deep insecurity and brokenness that is and that is sad it's sad over here far far away from me I can look at that and see it and see Mm -hmm. how sad it is and that's why I have compassion for her and that's why sometimes it's hard to even talk about it on the podcast because I don't Mm -hmm. want there's no shame I don't think she's evil I don't think any of those things I think she is a broken human being but I also have a complete peace about speaking my truth because there's mm-hmm. so many people who have lived this journey and the mother-daughter relationship or the mother-son relationship, when your abuser or the toxic person in your life is your mother, it is very shunned by society. It doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not yeah, supposed to not make supposed sense. To happen. It's yeah. not supposed to happen. Right. And so when you are a victim in that situation or a survivor in that situation, mm-hmm. as you said, Rach, mm-hmm. you, you, it, 
you ha- somebody has to speak out because if not, you keep continuing that narrative. Yeah, where you're the one that's crazy. That I'm crazy because be mothers me. all mothers love their children. Right. And mm-hmm. I think I think my mother does love me in the only capacity that she that is she able. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's not okay and it's not healthy and it needed to stop. And it also isn't healthy for me to continue to keep it under the rug because I know in our audience, there's so many people who have been abused as children, as young adults, as adults, by family members, by spouses in these relationships that aren't quote unquote supposed to be this way and they are silenced and that isn't, that is Mm -hmm. unacceptable. Right. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this. You stand up and defend yourself. We'll do Whoever. it for you. <laughs> yeah. So I'll. this seems like a good place for me to go yes. back to the list and mm-hmm. finish it. Um, I started last time. I was like, oh, there's so much. But this time I'll just read everything that I have because I do I, – I, I wrote down all the nuggets that I was reading out of this book. Um, after you have the awareness, the sticks – the sticks? The six stages of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, number one is despair, which doesn't feel like healing at all. Uh, which is a deep sorrow and just like this feeling that you've lost this part of your life, that these truths are too hard to look at and like um, to see it actually for what is really happening mm. for the for the reality that it is. Number two is educating, like Imber said, educating yourself. Um, you can't begin to recover if you don't know what's happened to you. Um, gaslighting, for example, which is a, a slow drip, emotionally destructive form of abuse. Uh, it's uh, Kurt, Amber and I, uh, and I think Amy was still with us. We did a whole round, and we did a gaslighting episode. I remember that, yeah. Where we were trying to educate because I, I didn't, <clears throat> I came into doing this whole podcast thing and wanting to speak out about this, and didn't even know what gaslighting was. It is a huge part of what toxic relationships. Uh, toxic people use in their trying to keep you unsteady to keep you from figuring life out because they want you to depend on them and so they will gaslight you which just means trying to create the illusion that you're crazy Mm in in almost any form that they can and it takes many many forms but just educating yourself what stuff like that is and what that looks like and what that might be looking like in your life um but that's something that many people don't even know is being done to them on a daily basis um after years of receiving this kind of treatment you may not even know how to make a basic decision Mm -hmm. anymore Mm -hmm. i saw that played out i remember it was like should i wash my hands now Mm -hmm. yes and this is this is sort of sick, twisted de- codependency that they f- they actually strategically create. So it's like they're creating an unsteady environment where they need they want you to c- depend on them for the answer, for the solution, for the medicine, for the healing, for the whatever. And it is it's gross. Mm-hmm. They're trying to s- s- strategically break you down. Super fun living in that environment. Um, Stage three is awakening. Uh, When you know what's happened to you, you can describe it. Mm -hmm. You can understand it. You will not feel as isolated anymore and maybe gaining confidence and independence again. You may start to feel very feisty about all the time (laughs) and things that were taken from you. Mm -hmm. 
your very identity in many cases, your happiness. You may become a vigilant champion of others who are enduring the same kind of abuse. Hence why we're doing this in the first place. (laughs) I love that one. Uh, And the word feisty was in her book. And that's one of my favorite (laughs) words, but I was just like, yes. Number four is boundaries. This is when you learn the importance of setting healthy boundaries and how to set them and how to keep them. Mm. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah. A power shift happens and you start to access the deep down calm, uh, a firm voice Mm. in your soul that is seriously not going to put up with any more nonsense. Those are her words. Mm. She often calls it nonsense, and I think that is very purposeful and accurate on her. Like she, the woman who wrote this book, survived a a very toxic marriage, and she was just like, it was absolute nonsense. You know, like it it was nonsensical. Mm -hmm. Um, It is a reposturing of the survivor's heart space, a slow step-by-step away from the toxic past towards a healthy future. Mm -hmm. Um, You can decide at this point how much contact, if you will have any, that you have with said toxic person, if you will engage or not, how you will maintain your boundaries if you run into them or if you completely cut all ties for your safety and your sanity. Um, Number five is restoration. Picking up the pieces, restoration of your life, not Not of the relationship. Necessarily, yeah. Your restoration, picking up the pieces of all that is left of your life, your home, your salvageable memories, your financial stability, your mental health, your physical health, which as Amber, you know, you're going through counseling, your physical health. And what were you, what was the thing that you were championing on the the very beginning of the last episode, Shannon? It was like the book called Your Body. Oh, um, The Body Keeps the Score. The body keeps the how, score. How trauma impacts our brains and our bodies. Yeah, yeah and for sure it does. Uh, Hello. In all Can the you ways. not hear it? <laughs> in all the ways. Um, yeah, I was going through a time with, with some one toxic person about a decade and a half ago, and it was so traumatic that I remember telling Kurt, if I get cancer, mm. I'm going to name it this person's name. Mm. And that's not altogether far from the truth, you know. Uh, I mean, it so felt like my body yeah. was just eating itself mm-hmm. from the rage and the trauma that was put on us. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something we chose. It was like this is happening to us yeah. Yeah. from the outside in. Um, restoration. So restoration is a picking up the pieces of all that is left of your life, your home salvageable memories, your financial stability, your mental health, your physical health, or any other losses the survivor identifies as being stolen during the season of abuse. Mm -hmm. Less time is needed spent in recovery measures such as therapy, reading books, and talking about the trauma, and more time during restoration is spent on doing things that you love again. Mm -hmm. This is a very good indication if you're able to do these things that you really are healing and that you're getting your life back. This stage is a re I can't say this rewiring wiring yeah. stage, making new, good, calm, happy, stress-free memories, carving out a new normal, moving forward. Eventually, little by little, the better days will begin to overtake the heavy soul-crushing days. 
There will be things and huge chapters in your life you will never get back, but restoration is about taking back what you can and slowly but surely making new good memories and building a happy life again. Mm. And then number six is maintenance. Mm. Um, This final stage is all about protecting what you have worked so hard for through all these previous stages. These stages can take years. And you might cycle back and forth between them. (laughs) And you might keep going back to uh, any one of them. Uh, Right. Um, I will say that for me, I remember when I first cut off my mom. So that would have been maybe three years ago, four years ago. Three. I think it's three because Emma was, yeah, this will be going into year three. So I remember like... You know, there was that initial, her fighting, Come, oh, please, let's make up, make up. And I was like, nope, I'm really, really, really done. And I remember about three months in past that point, so probably six months since the initial, I all of a sudden had this actual lightness. And I remember telling you about it, Rach. Like I said, like I felt like there was this mm-hmm. opening up in my brain that I could handle other things that I never handled before. Yeah, because wow. I hadn't realized how much of my mind had been preoccupied handling my mother's mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. Handling, how do I feel? Okay, will she be mad? Should I wash my hands? Will she be mad mm-hmm. if I buy her this present? Mm-hmm. What happens if this happens? What mm-hmm. like? Even though I saw her, again, we were not close. I had already put up a lot of boundaries the moment I moved out of my house at 18. Mm-hmm. I put up a lot of boundaries with her. But mm-hmm. even within those boundaries, there was so much mental capacity of filtering and dealing with her that when I cut her off, that that part of my brain didn't even need to work on that anymore because it wasn't even an option that released. And so I, when she says that, like there's this releasing, it is a real thing. Like I remember yeah. it being so, wow, I can now even talk about other mm-hmm. stuff in my mind or like mm-hmm. – that's when I started digging deeper in some other relationships or dealing with, like, I don't think I could have even, it would even be possible for me to do the therapy that I'm doing right now if she was in mm-hmm. an actual part of my life. I just don't think I could handle both of those that pieces. Mm-hmm. But it is a fascinating thing that happens. And I, you know. It makes sense. It's stress. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. It's like so much stress and stress is one of the number one things that starts building up toxins in our own body, Mm -hmm. in our guts, in our brain, Mm -hmm. in our muscles. Yeah. It affects our sleep. It affects Mm -hmm. the way we treat other people. And so it makes sense that when you eliminate that stress, when you're like, I cannot, I do not receive that anymore. You stay over there. That slowly... It will, it's like, it's like coming out of, yeah, I was mm. going to say, it's like coming mm. out of a fog where you're like, oh my gosh, it's so clear up here. Yeah. Without that yeah. business. And so for those of people mm. who are kind of in the muck and the mire of it right now, mm. and even me, who's kind of in the muck and the mire of it right now, there is a, there is an other side. And so it's worth the work. Like I think, mm. like I said, I think because I've felt the freedom of not having that weight on me, those cement shoes. Mm-hmm. Because I don't have those cement shoes, 
now that I'm under the water in some of my therapy, I'm choosing to be under the water. Like it's, it's my, like it's not this, it's not the cement shoes who are sinking me down. It's me taking a deep breath and going under the water myself Mm -hmm. and discovering what I need to discover and then coming back up. It's really and good. Taking, and mm-hmm. taking another breath. That's a really and, good analogy. And so you have to, well, you've got your oxygen tank on. Yes, That's I right. do. Yeah. <laughs> to go under that water. Yeah. Now. It's and pretty big. Now. Again, you're <gasps> making the choice to do it. You're knowing how much you can dive deep and then come back to the surface. Like, mm-hmm. it's not, again, like you're not being shoved and drowned. Yeah. You're choosing. I, that's what I feel like. That's the thing that I'm the most fascinated about as I'm rediscovering and, and dealing with all these memories is that I do feel like most of my life I lived in cement shoes. Like that is, that's the weight that it felt like. It wasn't, mm. you know, it was just like walking and moving through life in cement shoes and trying to have a marriage in cement shoes and trying to raise children in cement shoes and trying to hmm. be a sister or a friend. And that that's the weight and the, the heaviness of toxicity. And so as I'm taking these shoes off, you know, I don't have the strongest skill sets in some areas. Like I'm learning, that's me t- again talking to my younger self. Same. <laughs> but yeah. it's a whole different perspective when you're doing it for yourself when you're doing it in your you know in a of a mindset of knowing that this is your choice this is you know like yeah you're doing this to heal and yeah to, to have a better quality of life for for me for me not just for right. my kids and right. there's other you know residuals but I think a lot of times as women and as moms and as wives and all the roles that we do we often do things for other people. Like I'm doing this to be a better mother. I'm doing this Mm -hmm. to be a better, I think that we also should do this to be a better woman of Mm -hmm. God. Like Mm -hmm. that's our, like when we leave this earth, we leave in our own self. Mm -hmm. We don't leave with our roles. You know, those roles stay behind. It's us. Mm -hmm. We came into this world in this body and we leave this world in this body. And sometimes we need to do things just for our body mm-hmm. and our souls so that's right we are the three of us we are daughters mm-hmm. of, of the king, king. Mm-hmm. and we are christ's daughter and but before we're anything else and uh it's that is our identity too like i've been mm-hmm. having some identity crises we, we i've been talking about on the podcast a lot where it's like i'm having some empty nesting issues mm-hmm. And I still have an 11-year-old, but I'm still having empty nesting because I have a teenage son. And it's like, even just that is shaking me as far as who am I? Who am I? Yeah. But in the end, it doesn't matter what I do or what I think I am as the world sees me or as I want to see me. In the end, as long as I am belonging to Christ and I am his daughter, that is my identity. That's the only one that matters in the end. That's the one I should protect. Mm. And that's the one. And we and we do have worth and value in Christ. That is our worth and value. Right. The other and stuff is just gravy. That's what the narcissist sadly doesn't understand. And the person with borderline personality that that's the only way I'm ever going to get filled. Right. If I define my, find my value and my worth in who yourself. I am in Christ. 
not in you he say right. he's right. the best parent he's yeah. the one i want to form an attachment to if my attachment's been crappy and mm-hmm. yeah he, god with us emmanuel i mean mm-hmm. what better amen could there be like he came down like, to get mm-hmm. in the muck and show me who i am and teach me and yeah. All the goosebumpies. All the goosebumpies. I know. So I'll finish. So maintenance again, the final stage is all about protecting what you've worked so hard through mm-hmm. all the previous stages. You will hopefully have much sharper senses when it comes to spotting a toxic person. And you will also have the confidence mm-hmm. to keep anyone like that at a safe distance. Um Amen. I, I loved this. This is the last part of the book. Access to you and your life is a gift that should not be given away to anyone you don't want to give it to. Mm. You have worked too hard to get here, <laughs> and you have every right to guard it. You now know that you don't have to share your space with anyone you don't want to. That Women really, I like to hear read that. over and over again, and I told Kurt, and I was just like, this really spoke to me because I think as a, as a Christian woman growing up in a Christian community and in a church and doing a lot for our school and for our, again, our, just our larger community. It's like, I feel like I have to be accessible in the same version of myself for everybody. Mm-hmm. And like, I do love being a vulnerable human, but that doesn't mean that I have to give the same amount of myself right. to everybody. Amen. I can't have a million best friends. I can't have a million close friends. I can't have, right even a million acquaintances we get to decide who gets our most valuable like and that is Mm -hmm. our our husband like god first our husbands our immediate family not our extended family Mm -hmm. even our immediate family our children then our family then our friends and it's like it it works i would even challenge that i would say to those that you are called to love that are healthy. So for me, mine's totally different than That's yours. true, right. Because I, I use that term vaguely. I mean, like, literally where it's like, right, you're, but it's just but a some, moving out. Like, there's so this So some nucleus. people, like, mm-hmm. some mothers who are listening to this, they might have a toxic child. That mm-hmm. And again, I, mm-hmm. I believe in children. We were talking about this off air about the frontal lobe. So, like, I'm all in helping and loving my children. But when they hit 25, 30 – and they're making, you know, there's some, con- like, so there's such mm-hmm. thing as toxic children that mothers mm-hmm. are going to have to have boundaries with. There's, and not enable. And there's, you know, people who can't have fathers or can't, their mothers are so, like, the thing that, again, I think we as women who who desire to be nurturers, that's how God created us. You know, women are, we also are servants. That's, again how we were created is to serve and to love on to other people we are genuine helpers in our core and so sometimes it's really easy to splay ourselves out and just Mm -hmm. start like yeah like in Alice in Wonderland when they start chopping her up and she's a cake you know like you get a piece you get a piece (laughs) Mm -hmm. you that what was when you read that what was so beautiful to me was there was no definition it's who deserves it and so in my life Mm -hmm. I only have in my biological family, the only person that I have an intimate relationship with, who I share biology with, is my sister. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yes, that's, that's a very good point. It. That's exactly the point we're trying to make through this right. whole thing. Really. Right. And so is for that... you, yours looks like this. But I want to challenge, like, mm-hmm. if if mm-hmm. if you you can be like me, where it's the mm-hmm. literal only person in my life that I share biology with is my children. 
and my sister. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it. Nobody else. Who you allow to be? Who I lo- I have acquaintances. I have cousins and, that yeah. I will give hugs and I'll share Christmas cards with. But I mean mm-hmm. the intimacy of they get to see me in my true vulnerability. Right, and you spend, you expend your time with them. You you expend right. yourself, your life. You give. and then I have you. Right. Like you are my sister. Mm-hmm. I have Catherine. She is like my sister. I have you know, Peter. He is my partner. You know, I have other people. So it's not like I'm on this tiny little island. But my island. Mm-hmm. Looks very different than what your family of origin islands. And some people are so blessed, and that is their family of origin, and that is beautiful. And you are blessed, and do not feel guilty about that. That I don't, like that is how God, mm-hmm. our God's a covenantal God. He He works through families. That is beautiful. So it's not again mm-hmm. trauma and pain and relationship and all that is not a contest. like I always say that to people because especially people who have listened to our podcast who then I meet they're always like I don't want to tell you about my life because it's no 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 this Mm. is not a contest yeah no no you don't compare pain we don't Mm. compare pain because we each one of us because our pain is real is our is our own own. and I said this once and your husband was the one who said it and I've remembered it my whole life ever since I had Sam you already had four and they were Fun mm. and I, wild. I had waited eight years. I felt like my I, I was thrown under the bus having a newborn. I, I wasn't ready for that. Like no one is. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, first time mom, but I, I remember being like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Mm. And I said, but uh, you know, I said, and he he said, how are you doing? And I was like, it's it's really hard. I said, but you have four, so like you, I, mm. no comparison. He's like, no, don't do that. Mm. Don't do that. He's like, you're hard is your own and it has every bit as much value as our heart. Amen. Good job, Peter. I, I was just like you picked a good on Amber. Yeah, it was so sweet and affirming and he was like, Don't do that. Don't minimize yeah. Yeah. your, your pain. pain and your suffering and your heart nope. for mine. Yes, it's hard. Yeah. Hard is hard. But that is that is your world and that is what's rocking your world and that's what's making it hard for you and that has just as much value. It does. And that's what that line, that was so beautiful about that line is that we as women, we as individual human beings have the right and in the value and the power to choose who we have in our in our space and who we don't have in our space. And that doesn't mean we are unkind to those who are not inside our inner circle. That doesn't mean this isn't an isolation. That's not what that sounds like to me. That doesn't mm-hmm. sound like isolation. You still had to be in your church community, mm-hmm. but you don't need to be the 2% to everyone. You get to choose the levels of which you share your heart and your soul with other right. people. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. Yes, exactly. Access to you. Yes. Letting someone in. Yes. Letting open the door. It to your life is a gift. It is a gift that should not be given mm-hmm. to anyone that you don't want to give it to. So it can't. It shouldn't be something that's taken. Right. It's it a gift that I'm t- giving, not that you're, yes. not that you get to take from me willy nilly, and that I have to expend and bleed for you. And like you say all the time, I am not going to set myself on fire anymore to make you cozy, because <clears throat> that means <clears throat> I'm on fire. 
I want a shirt that says I'm that. not cozy. I'm burning. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm burning pain. to death. Yes. I'm not helping myself or you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, you're cozy over there, mm-hmm. but I'm on fire. Right. I'm like not that's not myself. happening anymore. That nope. to me, that's that. It's and it's like, also, I think that's so interesting in our world as our world keeps getting smaller with like social media and all that kind of stuff. So our world gets smaller. We have to remember that there's different levels of access. Like friendship, like I, I, when we were at Deer Wander, I had the freshman girls and we were talking about friendship and it actually blew my mind. And I think it's a whole other podcast that we could put on our list about what is actual friendship. Like there's different levels mm-hmm. and we've talked about it in the past, but like mm-hmm. you can let someone like, obviously here I am. I let in a lot of people mm-hmm. on this podcast. I open myself up, right. but I still am not even giving you guys my 2%. Like I have certain people that only get my 2%. They get my vitriol. Only I get the charcuterie board. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I had a panic attack the other day with Rachel and I was like freaking out at her, not at her, but at her. And I to was her. to her <laughs> about like feeling vulnerable and freaked out. And like, and I was like, what I, I need my 2% to be my 2%. Like, I have to be able to, I say things to Rachel that I would never, ever say to anybody else. And the reason I say them to Rachel is so that I don't say them to anyone else. (laughs) That's our deal with each other. She's your your safe person. Well, because I'm an external processor. And Mm -hmm. if I don't get it out, it's going to come out. Mm -hmm. And so I say it Mm -hmm. to her. And then she goes, yeah, you're not going to say that. And I'm like, yes, you're right. I am not going to say that. I receive. But I have to say it. And I do the same thing. And we do Mm -hmm. it to each other. We all need someone like that. Yes. Yes. And I do that with Peter. Like there's people that are in your 2%. They get access. But there's also other chambers. Like you can share a prayer request Mm -hmm. and ask for be that even sharing a prayer request is a level of vulnerability and you are giving people access to that even that Mm -hmm. level of who you are and it's like a it's like a bullseye you get closer and closer Mm -hmm. to the center but we only have so much of ourselves right like and as we get older i realize i'm tired yes like it gets i feel like that 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 world i mean amber and i for for example the last couple years i have been like i treasure the friendships i've had since like birth or since like the oldest friendships I'm like since the milk crate those are rare and but it was like a newfound realization of like wanting to give and gift that that those people more time and like put the effort Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. because it does have value but also at the same time kind of cut ties with people that don't like to me like where it's like this is actually like it's affecting me in a negative way or it just feels like kind of toxic or like whenever I leave that person being spending time with that person I feel either angry or sad or like kind of shaken or like unset you know what I mean like you don't have to do that Mm -hmm. and I spent so much of my life thinking that I had to be the same version of myself with pretty much everybody and that I was being unkind if I wasn't but that's not really true and it's not even possible that's poor boundaries and i think it's especially hard for christian women exactly Mm. because speaking to that really get that idea that you know god wants me to empty myself there's scriptures that say that right bear each other's burdens Mm -hmm. be like christ be sacrificial um 
but sometimes we end up trying to play God and it's like, is this my idea or is it God's idea for me to sacrifice in this relationship? What is he really calling me into? And even Jesus, who is perfect, you know, uh, perfect, yes, <laughs> I'm like searching for a word, perfect, um, omniscient, yeah. all-knowing, all all-powerful and all of that, when he was on earth, he was incredibly intentional about his relationships and yeah, how he, he spent his time. There were people that he didn't heal. There were people that he didn't hang out with. Um, he only he took had very clear boundaries. Onto the boat with him. Yep. He <laughs> he took lots of times of rest. He, did he also exhaust himself? Yes, but he took yeah. time away by himself. Mm-hmm. You know, you if we had designed his thirty-three years on Earth, we'd be like every single minute must be right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. And he's our picture of God. He yeah. said that again and again. This that's what, one of the reasons I'm here to show you. You've seen me. You've seen the Father. So that's so good. He's not calling us to be everything to everybody. Amen. <laughs> that's Amen. his job. Embroider that on a pillow, everybody. <laughs> and it won't help them for us to try to do that. No. It, it'll hurt us and his plan for us. Yes. So. Shannon Cook with a mic drop. I know. That's so good. That's a good way to like wrap it up because we've, again, we've got another hour so easily. <laughs> um, it's, well, it's And I a thought lot. we wouldn't have enough to, to oh, fill gosh. the void. <laughs> I knew that we would have more than enough. I was afraid of silence and brain cramps. No. It's, that doesn't happen mm. here. We just fill it with burping and eating. <laughs> but it's, I don't know. I, I, I would be shocked to find anyone that doesn't have someone like this in their life in some capacity because again like as I get older and you get to know people you're like everybody has someone in their family that is kind of a wall and like everybody has someone that they're like am I crazy or is that not reasonable and everybody (laughs) has to some extent I mean it's something that we all have to live with I guess we just have to decide whether or not it crosses a line where it's either dangerous or just really unhealthy and where it needs to be addressed mm-hmm. and like talked out and I yeah. do think Shannon what I was definitely expecting and hoping which you did was say like we we still have to be kind and loving and especially mm-hmm. especially if you're trying to work through staying with people in your life if, yeah if if God's calling you to keep them around yeah, yeah. that that's harder that's yeah. the harder option. Thank I'm going to love Lord. you, but this is how. This It's within, yeah. within these bounds. Yeah. Right. And that, I, I mean, I think anyone that stays with someone who is that kind of human, like that is the, the tougher option and that it's going to be more work. Yeah. Um, whether you have to or you choose to, like because of Amber, like you were saying with kids or the, just the way that your life has worked out, like you, ha- you just can't leave. You can't just mm-hmm. cut the ties. Um, and that I would say that you could get stuck in the education phase for a really long time at that point because you're like, I need a lot of tools in my belt in order to survive this or cope with this or like live through this and still have joy, wake up in the morning and know, have confidence. Like this is how I'm going to treat this person and this is how I need to be treated. And if those bound, you know what I mean? Like, and if you're a Christian, you're doing it by staying connected to Jesus all through yeah, because nice. if this person's and community, yeah, right, which church, he's provided you for you, me. yeah, 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 because yeah. um, if this person's going to change and get out of their mm-hmm. their shame and their dysfunction, 
Thank you so much, Shannon, for going deep uh, with us about this. Like, this was something that we wanted to do for months and months. And uh, I actually, I thought it would be harder for some reason, but I realized that we could kind of keep it at a level that was appropriate. Mm -hmm. I was worried that it would have to go down deep and, like, be inappropriate. Because it's hard to talk about something that's happened to you Mm -hmm. um, and that you feel like, you know, you've had some trauma and injury from without being specific but I it is like this broad stroke and that's why we encourage people to find a two percent a one percent person if they're like wow this is this is me this is my situation you can reach out to us all the days but to find someone that you trust for the long haul is going to be really vital and important and so grabbing a bestie or you know someone that and if you have to even hire that person and go to a counselor like that is it's so highly recommended in a situation like this i've had to go to a lot of counseling throughout my life amber has been through a lot of counseling you need a neutral person yeah and sometimes you need meds and, uh, yeah <laughs> i am also a big fan of medicine um both natural pathic and just pure chemicals Sometimes there are chemical imbalances that need to be corrected. Amen. That's, that's a piece of the puzzle that's God no given. Shame. No, no shame. shame. Thank you so much, Shannon. Thank You're you, welcome. Shannon. My pleasure. Hello. Hello.